because we are the tertiary care center for our state. And we take pride in that, but also a huge amount of responsibility in providing the best care that we can. And welcome to Trauma Talk. Today we're discussing our high rock transport team here at Wesley. I have two members of our labor, delivery, and maternal transport team here to discuss everything High Rob with us. Kelly, would you please introduce yourself? I'm Kelly Ferdine. I am the manager for the High-Risk OB Maternal Transport Service here at Wesley Medical Center. I've been at Wesley for 18 years this month and have been the leader for our transport service since we started in May of 2021. I went to nursing school at Heston College and then started in labor and delivery um, right out of nursing school. Um, They were crazy enough to hire a 20-year-old new grad. And I've been here ever since doing women's services. So, Alexa, would you please introduce yourself? My name is Alexa Coker, and I am one of the high-risk maternal transport nurses. I have been a nurse at Wesley for nine years. I started here at a nursing school and went to Wichita State and been here ever since. What inspired each of you to pursue a career in labor and delivery? I don't think I knew I wanted to do OB until during nursing school, just being exposed to it in your clinical rotation. And I then I immediately knew this is all I want to do. And I knew it was going to be hard to find that job right out of school, but was super grateful to get hired on here right away. So I didn't think I wanted to do this right out of school. I had the opportunity to become a nurse tech or a nurse extern, what they call them now, to get more experience, just kind of see like the day-to-day life of a labor and delivery nurse. And it sold me and I'm just grateful. I mean, great team here. And I mean, we deliver lots of babies. So we have lots of nurses on our high risk labor and delivery unit that have stayed with us as RNs through the pathway that Alexa took. They work with us their last year of nursing school as techs, as nurse externs. And it's like a full year job interview, you know, where you're kind of evaluating if they're a good part of the team and and then whether you want to keep them or not. And then they most of them stay with us for a long time. So it really seems like your nurses have a lot of different roles to fill, kind of like a firefighter, and they're always running towards a fire. I think there's misconception oftentimes when they hear you're a labor and delivery nurse that it's so just wonderful, joyful, happy. And, you know, eight times out of 10, I would say it is on our unit, but it's also a very high risk unit and our patients are just sicker than they used to be. And having those high risk patients sometimes leads to emergent situations more often than you would anticipate. There's definitely no uh, rocking babies and, you know, snuggling babies. It's not, we've actually had to kind of tweak how we interview candidates for the job because they would get into the role and it's not what they were expecting at all because it's not kind of your stereotypical labor and delivery. It's very much, yeah, putting out fires is a good way to describe it, I think. (laughs) Emergency, constant emergency management. But those of us that are in this unit are a little bit of adrenaline junkies. Well, I think that's what keep people around is you just don't know what you're going to get walking through the door. I tell patients that I meet them at their worst days and also their best days. Things in between. It's nice when we get to be able to rock those babies, but it happens very, very few. So one of the things I love about our unit is that it isn't just, I don't want to say just labor and delivery, but it is so much more than that. We get to you know, be our own emergency department for any pregnant patient. We get to, we're our own OR and our nurses are just so, they have a huge variety, a very large skill set. They are 
ED nurses. They are OR nurses because we circulate all of our own C-sections. They are PACU nurses. They recover all of their patients after surgery. And they're labor nurses, most importantly, labor and delivery nurses. And then also, more often lately, a little bit of an ICU nurse here and there (laughs) with our high-risk patient population just getting uh, more and more high-risk every day. So I think that is what has kept a lot of us in our unit as long as it has is the variety and it's just something different every day and it's challenging and always growing and learning. So you and your team decided uh, on top of all this, we also want to add an airplane to the mix. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Then we just get to do what we're doing in an airplane. A little bit more. And it makes it a lot of fun. So what does the high Rob team consist of? Our team consists of 14 high-risk OB Uh, transport nurses. We are a 24-7 service, always available. We have, and then we also partner with our five OB hospitalists that are also a 24-7 service. They are our accepting physicians for all of our high-risk OB transport calls that come in, as well as our high rob nurses and our OB hospitalists, a very important part of our team is our transport partners. So we partner with um, Air Methods LifeSave here out of Wichita for our OB transports. Um, they are Their crew is based at Jabara Airport here in Wichita. And the majority of our transports are done with their fixed wing plane. And then we also have the ability to go by ground as well with them for those locations that are a little bit closer. And then we have the, you know, maybe a, I'm a little biased, but we have the two best transport services in the state partnering with our OB and our NICU team. Our NICU team partners with Eagle Med to go out and get those babies. They use their fixed wing service for that. And then we are partnered with LifeSave and use their fixed wing service for our OB patients. And they've been fantastic partners since the start of our program. Our high-risk OB nurse is always flying with a critical care RN and another medic as well, and then a pilot. So since May of 2021, Wesley has accepted over 500 OB transports that have come back to Wesley. And our goal is, you know, in the next couple of years for 100% of these transports to be completed by our OB specialty team. Where do most of your patients come from? And what are the most common diagnosis requiring transport? Most of our patients are transported from outlying communities, patients that have preeclampsia, preterm labor, preterm rupture of membranes, multiple gestation stations, twins or triplets, any complication of the infant that requires a higher level of care at delivery, our NICU team is phenomenal. And if we can get them back here while they're still pregnant, we will bring them back. If they have to deliver quicker than we can get them here, then our NICU team can go out and pick that baby up and bring him back. So why is the high Rob transport team necessary in rural Kansas? Rural Kansas can be very hard to for patients to have the access they need to a level of high-risk OB care that they need. Typically, really small towns will be covered by ER doctors. They'll be covered by family medicine physicians that have OB experience. And there's even some of the towns, bigger towns like Garden City, Dodge City, that do have OBGYNs, but don't have the just experience in the high-risk part of that care. So it's really important that we can provide a service that gets the patient to the higher level of care that they need. And that's where our team comes into play. Our OB patients are sicker and at a higher risk for complications than they were 10 years ago. When I started here 18 years ago, uh, our population of patients is just vastly different than it was then. And the increase in this risk was a big driving factor for the initiation of this team. How many patients do your high Rob nurses see a year? 
So we just celebrated, Wesley Medical Center celebrated 5,000 deliveries back at the end of November. So typically we deliver about five to 6,000 babies a year. So our nurses in labor and delivery and the high rob nurses, we see um, usually around like 1,000 patients a year, sometimes more depending on the volume. I feel like our volume has definitely increased over the last couple of years. So you're easily delivering 10 plus babies a day on even a slow day here at Wesley. So with Wesley being in the southeast central part of the state and you guys serving everywhere around us, what's the farthest you go? I feel like the max we've flown probably about two hours. I feel like we're usually all around 30 to 30 minutes to hour and a half normally, but we've gone all the way up to the border of Nebraska all the way down to Ponca City and close to Colorado. So so that two hours in the air is by, you're on a Pilatus 12 fixed wing, if I remember right, cruising at about 300 plus miles an hour in a straight line versus the five, six, seven, eight hours by ground it takes to transport just one way, leaving that community without an ambulance sometimes. So what kind of training do your high rob nurses specifically have? So to be part of the team, you have to have at least three years as labor and delivery nurse. You also have to be certified for NRP, so neonatal resuscitation, ACLS. We also have certifications that we obtain that just pertain to labor and delivery, which is our RNC and our um, fetal monitoring certification. We've had limited ultrasound certifications um, and also simulations done with Dr. Birchie, who is one of our OB hospitalists who handles the high rob calls. On top of that, um, we've had training with LifeSave and just other education that we have obtained through AWAN. And just based on the number of patients that we see on a day-to-day basis, we have more experience in those high-risk situations and those critical situations that we need to act fast on. Labor and delivery, we have 73% of our nurses are nationally certified in the RNCOB or the CEFM, which is probably one of the highest throughout the hospital. So we know that the nurses that are actually going out to get the patients, the ones that who are caring for them when we return, are also experts in their field as well. Can I brag on our nurses just a little bit related to the being nationally certified? This is an effort that we started in 2015 because we are the tertiary care center for our state. And We take pride in that, but also a huge amount of responsibility in providing the best care that we can to the patients we bring here. So in 2015, we had our uh, first nurse test for one of her national certifications, and we went from that year being 10% nationally certified now to being 73%. I think we have hold one of the highest national certification rates actually in the nation for any labor and delivery units. I went to a perinatal leadership conference a year ago in Florida where there were, it was a very diverse representation of labor and deliveries across the United States. And there was not another unit that had even close to 73% of their nurses being certified. So I'm just super proud of our team. They've worked really hard and to be the best that they are in their field. Do you do any other training in-house maybe besides those certifications? So Dr. Birchie, who's one of our hospitalists, has trained, has done some simulations with us, such as a breach delivery, hypertensive crisis, postpartum hemorrhage, had different simulations with her just to prepare us in the case that that happens in the field. So you train and practice for the worst case scenario 
all the time. Yes, exactly. Hoping that we never have to use those, but we do have that. Do you go through any specific flight training? Did a couple of days like in the classroom with LifeSave. Also did a, a shadow shift with LifeSave to even just get into the airplane, which was an adjustment for some of us, myself included. Could you take a step-by-step through a high rob transfer? So the nurse that is on that shift carries a specific phone that the transfer center, who is kind of our middleman in between all these transports, they will call that our number, usually with the, some basic information about the patient and the provider, the sending provider on the other line. The nurse will go either connect with uh, by cell phone to the OB hospitalist or just go to their office. Sometimes it's a little bit easier that way. Do a conference call. We get all the information in regards to the patient. Our OB hospitalist will provide orders to that doctor if they are unsure of what to do in that situation. And then once that phone call is completed and the doctor accepts the transport, the high rob nurse will call LifeSave to check their availability on plane or ground pending certain things as long as we can safely go get the patient. So once we have that plan in place, the high rob team and the LifeSave team, which as Kelly said, talk or um, consist of the pilot, the medic, and the um, nurse, we will go um, usually by fixed wing, sometimes ground if the transport is a little bit closer. And then once we get to the bedside, um, the high rob nurse will um, do her baseline assessment, um, gather any changes in the patient status from when we accepted the call to the bedside. So once a transport is accepted, you go to the LifeSave base at Jabara, get on a plane, fly to another airport near the hospital, get on an ambulance, drive to that hospital, and now you're at bedside. Walk me through the bedside process. At bedside, we get report from the nurse that was taking care of that patient, just any updated in vitals, any changes in a mom status, like as long as baby looks okay, that kind of thing. We gather our data that we need, call our hospitalist back, kind of give them a report and let them know whether or not we feel like it's safe to safely bring the patient back to Wesley. And as long as everybody's on board, including the LifeSave team, making sure that we're all comfortable taking that patient back, we will load her up onto a cart. The ambulance will take us to the airport. And then once the airplane lands back, at Jabara in Wichita. You guys take an ambulance back to Wesley. That is a very impressive level of continuity of care where that high rob nurse is with that patient from bedside, from the sending to bedside at the receiving. During the flight or during your time with the patient in route, whether on the ambulance or in the aircraft, what do you monitor? And during the transport, we do monitor mom's vital signs quite often and we all monitor fetal heart rates as well. So Well, it seems like you have a very well-oiled machine when it comes to these transports, but what processes are you looking at to improve on? We've also done a lot of work to make the upfront phone call transfer process smoother. That was anytime our nurse goes to bedside at a referral facility to get a patient, they leave a survey with whatever person is there. Either it's the nurse or if the provider's still there, they always give it to the provider because We are a new program, and the only way we are going to know how to improve is if we get feedback. And so based on some of that feedback, we've changed our initial phone call process quite a bit over the last two and a half years. So before the program started, our response to acceptance time for these patients was 28 minutes. So that time is from the time the transfer center calls our nurse with their with the referral provider on the other end of the line and connects up with our nurse and our OB hospitalist to the time that they get accepted. 
since the beginning of our program, we have now decreased the time from 28 minutes to eight minutes. And we're just super happy with that. Being at a large facility like we are, it's hard to know what the needs are that the rural facilities have unless they tell us and unless we ask. We're trying to be very intentional to ask whatever feedback we can get, the more the better, because our goal is to serve the community and we want to do that the best way we can. Are there patients being transported to Wesley now that wouldn't have been able to be transported prior to the start of your program? Yeah, absolutely. Um, As an example, before our maternal transport team was developed, we would get calls to transport patients back to Wesley that were five to six centimeters dilated. Um, Typically for the local transport partners here in Wichita, five centimeters is pretty much a hard stop as far as transporting an OB patient. There is a certain patient population, you know, it's very dependent on their clinical picture, but that is the great thing about having our high-risk OB nurse that can go out to the bedside is we can take each patient case by case and not have to make a blanket rule of five centimeters, no transport, you know? Um, And so when our nurse goes out to the bedside, she can put all the pieces together and she can recheck the patient herself. She can talk to the provider who's there talk to the nurse who's there, kind of, and then talk to our provider, which is her medical control back here at Wesley, our OB hospitalist, and say, here's what I'm seeing. This is what the baby's heart rate looks like. This is what her cervix is dilated to based on how far apart her contractions are and what her dilation was six hours ago versus what it is now. I feel comfortable moving her if you feel comfortable. And they kind of, with the nurse and the LifeSafe crew and the hospitalist, make a decision of whether they can move that patient. But I know we've had very stable preterm labor patients that we've been able to bring back that we previously wouldn't have just because of um, how dilated they were. And how far the flight is. Yes. That has played a big role in some of those transports as well. There have also been occasions with our nurses going to the bedside and being able to lay eyes on the patient where we're able to safely say whether or not the patient is safe to bring back. And I think we've been successful in avoiding a potential adverse outcome. The last thing we ever want is for someone to deliver in the air. That's not going to be good for the mom, the baby, or any of the providers involved. And it would be much more safe for that mom to have stayed at that rural facility and deliver there than to be in the air and do that. And so there have been transports our nurses have gone out on and have evaluated the patient and looked at the fetal heart tones and assessed the mom and said, you know, I I I don't feel safe moving this patient, then they have been able to help that rural nurse or provider call our NICU team out and have helped launch the NICU team to get them out there. We just had a transport actually a couple of months ago where our nurse stayed and helped them move the patient back to the OR and stayed until she delivered and kind of handed off to the Wesley NICU team when they arrived. So hopefully a full circle service is the goal that we can provide to these hospitals. I know there's also another big patient population that we occasionally capture now that we didn't get a whole lot of prior to our program was postpartum patients. OB patients are at an extremely high risk in the immediate postpartum period. Their highest risk for an adverse outcome is actually immediately after delivery. And having the ability to move those patients here, they can get very sick after delivery and they absolutely still need OB care. Just because they've delivered the baby doesn't mean they're not an OB patient anymore. So there are patients now that we have been able to bring back that uh, get postpartum preeclampsia and need to come back and here and where we can, you know, safely run magnesium for them and 
if they have a preterm baby, they can be here with their baby who is using our NICU. I think all of these things have been able to provide some better outcomes and just a better service in general for our moms and babies. And on top of that, I'm super proud that since May of 2021, our LifeSafe crew and our HIROB nurse have just done a phenomenal job of taking care of these patients and themselves. We've had no crew or patient injuries or any poor patient, any adverse patient outcomes since the start of our program. I tell my patients every time I pick them up, my goal is to get you back to the hospital still pregnant. How do you guys get along with the LifeSafe crews you work with on these HIROB transports? Oh, 100%. We're usually cracking jokes on the way. And if we do fly with, say, the North Platte team, they're not, they don't do a lot of the high rob transports. And so they're always wanting to know, like, worst case scenario, what we're going to do. So I always talk to them what my job would be, what their job would be in a worst case scenario. And they're very receptive to that. No matter the crew, I feel like we're just one, one, one team. That is one of the things I will say I have been just blown away by since the start of our program is just how immediately and quickly the LifeSafe crew, along with the Wesley High Rob nurse, they just blend like beautifully and are just a phenomenal team. And they didn't know each other going into this. And, you know, being in trauma services, which the LifeSafe crew is in, and being in high-risk OB, where it's also a lot of emergency management, you have a lot of type A personalities. (laughs) But it has just been the best of all the worlds, and the team just gets along beautifully. And I will, I want to add, Alexa mentioned the North Platte team. I think one of the great things about having our partnering with LifeSafe is that we have actually not just our Wichita base available to us, but also the Liberal base, and also our North Platte base. And those planes in Liberal and North Platte can be to us in Wichita in just under an hour to pick our nurse up. And oftentimes the referral providers are willing to, you know, wait that extra hour so that a high-risk OB nurse can be with their patient and transport back to Wesley. If the Wichita plane for some reason isn't available, we have the option to check with Liberal and North Platte and evaluate all of our options. So how has the High Rob Transport Program changed your relationships with rural facilities? I think one of the best um, parts of this program is just the relationships that we have built with the sitting providers and also those nurses at those facilities, just knowing that it's the same physicians or some of the same nurses that always go out to get these patients. So it's nice to see a familiar face. We just started doing a guest clinical experience program where some of uh, the nurses from the places that we do go get patients have come to shadow the high rob nurses. And so just meeting us, seeing how we do things at Wesley and just any input that or feedback that they might be able to use to make a patient they're going to send us a little bit smoother. I know that I've gone to a couple of places where I've seen a nurse that shadowed and she like breathed a breath of fresh air and seeing me and just knowing that the patient was going to be in good hands and that I would not be afraid to jump in and help where needed if things were to go south at the bedside for whatever reason. So It allows those rural OB nurses to have more high-risk exposure. You know, they come here and they can see 10 deliveries in one day and really just leave feeling a little bit more confident. And we intentionally try and put them in those high-risk situations so that they feel more comfortable when those patients present at their facilities and they feel more equipped. We also always partner them with our high rob nurse who's on the floor that day. That way, 
they get to know each other a little bit because that's the nurse, like Alexa said, they're going to be seeing who's going to be coming and picking up their patient. Kelly, any closing thoughts you'd like our audience to know or any information you'd like to provide? I'd love to provide our transport nurse's phone number for any referral provider or, you know, bedside RN. If they, they are always welcome to call. We have a nurse staffed on labor and delivery 24-7 that carries our transport phone. They don't mind at all taking calls and just if it's a patient that you're a little conflicted about or you just want to run by someone, just get a phone consult. You know, you could the nurse could call and talk to our nurse and do kind of a nurse to nurse consult or the provider can call our nurse and our nurse can help connect them with our OB hospitalist. And they actually have done that several times where they are calling just for a consult and the OB hospitalist is able to provide the consult over the phone and identify that, you know, this patient is going to be safe to stay at her home base, but is able to kind of help direct that rural provider in her care. Our nurse's phone number is 316-978-0498. Kelly and Alexa, thanks for being on the show and sharing what you do with our audience. If you have any questions, Kelly, what's a good email address for you? It's kelly.fredine at wesleymc.com. So that is K-E-L-L-I-E dot F as in Frank, R-E-D-I-N at wesleymc.com. If you have any questions for me, you can always email me at aaron.sutton at wesleymc.com. And you can find all our past episodes at wesleytraumatalk.podbean.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.